0: So welcome to County Live. It's the first count Stockport County Live of the new season of the 2021 season. God knows where this season is going to go. So anything like last one? the last one, we're in for a, a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Um, Stockport County have already played two games, so we've got a lot to get into. We've got a slightly different format this year as well. You've got me and Chris to put up with as usual, but we've also got a, uh, a guest co-host every week. And this, e- this evening, delighted to be joined by uh, Matty Mainwaring. Hi, Matty.
1: How are you doing? You OK? Thank you for having me.
0: No, it's great. Great to have you on. How are you doing, Chris?
2: I'm OK. Same old.
0: Yeah, just whinging because your missus kicked you out of the room you were going to be in.
2: Yeah, I had, all my, I had all my little space set up and I got turfed. Mm.
0: <laughs> <So Yeah. laughs>
2: I'm in the back room now.
0: But the boss kicked you out. We'll have words later. She'll be all yeah. right. So, first game of the season... Obviously, difficult one for county. We talked about it um, on the podcast, and I actually said that I think county would be, you know, should be happy with a, a score draw. Uh, you know, going away. It's the first time this team have played a competitive match together. Um, it's the you know a lot of players who have never played a competitive match together. Completely new team. Got to go go for a long way. You're playing a you know quite a tough team in Torquay. So, as it turned out, county kind of. Did everything except score the goal that uh, that meant that they could could win that match, and then obviously suffered a blow at the end when when Torquay snatched it right at the end. And you know, and also their keeper made a lot of really good saves.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll throw straight over to you, Matty, really, because we know the score, we know we know what happened, but what is it like when you're playing with a whole new bunch of players? Because with the exception of I don't know three, four, five players. Really, it's just it's a whole new setup.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is, um, there has been quite a few adjustments and new faces brought into the squad. Um, but if I know the Gaffer, which I do um, very well, he would have prepared round the board behind the scenes, one hundred percent. And I think this is football. You know, it is an old saying that the Gaffer used to say, and he, and he reiterated it most weeks. Um, you don't get what you deserve; you get what you take. Um, like you just said there Martin, it's some fantastic saves from the Torquay goalkeeper. On another day they can go in and you could be three, four, nil up. Um, we had all the possession, countless chances, you know, looked really really creative and for me personally it was it looked very optimistic for the future. Um, with that said, we didn't convert um, and we were pushed to the end. It's one of those things and it's too late really to Knowing the gaffer, he will uh, go away. I, I can put my life on it. Yeah. He will have had a meeting the next, the next morning at training um, and they would have gone over what they did well, what they did you know, not so well or things they could have worked on um, and taken that into the Halifax game.
0: And Chris, I suppose on that, if you're going to take one of those games where the performance is good enough but the result isn't, then you want that to be the first game of the season.
2: Yeah, uh, it's it's crazy. I remember, obviously, we, we've had Jim every week before the season started for the last, I don't know, five or six years, uh, or at least the manager before the, before the season started for the last five or six years. And they always say the same thing, which is true. The business end of the season starts now. Three points at the start of the season counts for exactly the same as three points at the end of the season. However, we know form plays a part. So if, if, you, if you lose a couple of games while a squad's getting it in, you don't really be too much into it. It's not like we've lost 1-0 at the end of March, beginning of April, when the, you know, when the race is really tightening up and, 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 and things are to play for. So it's frustrating, but like you say, better to get it out of the way early.
0: And Matty, going back to what Chris said before, I suppose that there is no substitute for competition. You can play all the pre-season friendlies you like, but you don't start really finding out about each other until you're under pressure.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you've got obviously you've got to gel with each other. Um, everybody's got to gel with the manager. And you've got to build that rapport. And I think that aside, I think when you talk about stakes and what's at stake, um, a pre season friendly is one thing, but we all know that three points in professional football is gold dust. You add three points to the mix, um, survival's on the line, promotion's on the line, money's on the line, things become that bit more sort of um, intense you know uh, people are battling for the lives basically on the pitch so it matters
0: and chris before we move away from torquay and come back up north um anybody catch your eye of the of the new players particularly
2: to, to be honest i don't i don't because there's so many new players i don't want to start picking ones out because they've all got these great attributes you know they've all got there was the engine on some some players in particular in the Halifax game, they, they just, they seemed like they could run and run and run forever and ever. Others maybe didn't quite have that about them, but they'd have a little bit of touch or a little bit of game management or the, um, uh, other players were just so calm under pressure the whole time. It just never looked like they were out of the comfort zone. What, what impressed me more than singular players was the way that you could see them clicking into the Jim Gannon models and, and, and ways of playing quickly. So, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there was a single one player. He was much better than, than the rest of them. I think together, and, and like Marty said, you, you do take that little bit of time to build up the rapport and everything else, but you can see the beginnings of it in games one and two, and, and that for me was the impressive bit rather than like a single player.
0: All right, I won't let you sit on the fence every week, but I'll take it first week. <laughs> <laughs> so Tuesday, county go one down, come back to Edgley Park, go one down. And you know that's that all of a sudden that's two goals scored against them the season I haven't managed to score a goal, but uh, they kept their heads. That was that was the thing. It it looked to me like you know watching it on YouTube that they, they kept their heads. They didn't you know that that wasn't a problem for them. You know they knew that they were they were the better side and they had it in them to to win. It looked to me like they they kept it very they were very calm. I mean we'll talk about their goal in a minute, but to me that they never looked um, like they were they were worried about that, Matty.
1: Not at all, no. Um, as always at, at Stopport, um, particularly in my time there, I know there's no fans there now, but for some reason, we would always pick up against the Cheadle end. I don't know what it is, and we gain momentum. Um, obviously, back in the day, it was with a crowd. We don't have that now, or at least not at the moment. It was the same old story. I think picking up, picking up, picking up. We're probing, we're probing, and then bang, the winners there. You know. Um, but you're right in what you're saying keeping the heads so in such a tight match, particularly early on this season when everybody's fresh and scrapping for those for that good start basically. Um, it was crucial and it and it paid off. Do
2: you think do you think you can read too much, Matthew? And You you know Jim in a, in many ways better than I do. I mean I've probably spoken to him more in the last couple of years, but I've never had the relationship as a player manager, player to a yeah. manager. Do you think there's do you think there's anything in the squad numbers? Because Adam Thomas wears the number seven. Adam Thomas has been Mr. Reliable the last few years and yeah. he's on the bench. And I think because he was given the number seven shirt, I don't know, maybe I just assumed he was going to be starting and maybe he therefore assumed he was going to be starting because he's got in the one to 11. He's obviously then come off the bench. And I don't know, that his goal is an absolute wonder goal. And it's yeah. obviously the part about it being in front of the But Part of me thought, is he kind of making a statement there that this I should have been starting really? This is my, I'm in this team.
1: I think as a professional, I, I definitely won't doubt he's making a statement. Um, again, no, going back to me sort of knowing how the gaffer works, um, he's always been a man who doesn't really look past the next game. So if he doesn't believe you're right for that game, it doesn't mean you're any less of a player. I just think he picks the best team that he believes will, will win that match. Um, I remember, I can't remember the exact player, but I remember back in the day, it may have been Kyle Baker, who we know was a great talent. Um, I think he scored two and didn't start the game after and it's because the gaffer believes that this this is the team I want to go and win that match so I think there may have been an element of that involved um, but the lad definitely made made a statement
2: and then somebody, The amount you know, the amount of times we've said in commentary over the years why is he not starting this guy or why is he taking him off when, when we yeah. need a goal and the amount of times on the following Thursday Jim's pulled us back and gone I heard about that comment and that's why I did it because we've gone on to yeah. win the game and you, yeah yeah he knows what
1: he knows, doesn't he? He has his reasons, yeah. And, uh, the, you know, the proofs in the pudding, the success is there. So, yeah, it's safe to say he knows what he's doing. Can but we it, just
2: yeah. takes by the way, to appreciate that Adam Thomas got. Like, <laughs> it's just, where's that come from? It'll be waiting a while, won't he? If he'll
1: be waiting a while to score a better one than that. I mean, again, I've always said this and I still say it to this day um, a winger cutting in. Is, is you're sort of running against the, the fullback's weakness, if you like. So if you're running against the left-back and you're cutting onto his right foot, they don't have the, quite the same balance defending against you. So if you run him down the line, he'd be, he'd be quick to react and he might match you 50-50 for it. But cutting in, it works a treat and that's exactly what he did. Um, and, and to have the courage to strike it from there, he deserved his goal. It was a marvellous goal.
0: Yeah, worthy of uh, winning any match. But uh, yeah, definitely worthy of winning that one. Um, but their goal was a bit controversial. It looked like it was pulled back from over the line.
1: Yeah, difficult to tell um, from here, but everyone's arm went up. You know, the arms went up. and So they must have had a case. um, And the goal itself was just a massive... It was a a fluke. It's one of those things you can't really do anything against.
2: Matty, as a player, you're going to put your hand up, aren't you? You're going to put your hand up. If you're on the attacking team, you're going to say, no, I didn't go out. And if you're on the defending team... I was, Dave was way over the line that. So is it one of them things that we can we can complain about it and ultimately someone is out someone is in the wrong, either it did or it didn't. There's nothing we can do. Every, every of course we're gonna claim it. We have to claim it, don't we?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What, what I always find with things like that, and I, as I got more experienced as a player and became a bit older, I would urge the younger lads, you know, if, if you're holding a high line on a set pay on a set um set play. As soon as the ball is delivered, if, six or seven, if you put your arms up like this, the chances are the linesman's going to think you can't all be wrong and it, instinctively he's going to put his flag up and the same, the same applies um, with the ball running out and I noticed that quite a lot of the county back four put their hand up but you can't knock the lad for carrying on you know, and putting a crossing. I would have done the same thing. It um, ended up in the back of the net. That's just unfortunate. It's one of those things that come off Ben's heel but right or wrong, you just get on with it. It's just one of them things. It's football.
0: Yeah and you know I said they kept their heads but it only took 10 minutes to equalize you know Mark Kitchens who's yeah who's left back but very well thought of I thought you know yeah. he's he's looking like a real player
2: Yeah I mean the the thing that surprised me was in pre-season he didn't get an awful lot of game time um Connor Jennings who we've signed up front we've obviously signed his brother as a, as a left back as well and he was James was getting more of the minutes and um but Mark's come in and um I was really impressed with him, just the way he slotted in. And that's not you, you talk about a, a striker's tackle sometimes, you know what I mean? When they come back and they just pulse goals into us into someone rather than actually going in and winning yeah. the ball. Yeah. Uh, it's the same the other end. Defenders aren't really supposed to just coolly finish like that. And it's a flowing move, bing, 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 just slotted home. That's that's a goal that should be scored 15, 20 games into a season when you know each other inside out. Not not the first home game.
1: No, I, I agree, and and funnily enough, you mentioned Connor Jennings there. It was a fantastic assist from Connor. Great vision to sort of notice yeah. him advancing up pitch. Um, he did look comfortable, and if you look at his background, the lad, um, I think he's played as a wing back. You know, as he's come through the ranks, I think he was at Middlesbrough, was he? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. As he come through the ranks, he's played in the football league, maybe as a left back and a wing back. So he's comfortable going forward, um, and obviously, he's obviously a good defender because that's his prime position at the moment. If he can nail both, he's got a big future.
2: Did you did you ever play with Connor? I, I did, did play you, with did Connor. You?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: What was he like? What was he like as a player?
1: He, he was he was a really good player, and I think his um, his CV speaks for itself. And, and he he's a workhorse as well. So he's like a, he's a striker who can who can bang the goals in, but he works hard as well. He's grafter, He'll go and win you the ball back. You know, he's a
2: nuisance for defenders. I think he had that. He's he's had two of those games now where he deserved the goal. He's everywhere, he's electric, it looks like he yeah. changes his batteries at half-time, but he's just not quite had the had the, the moment with the ball going over the line yet. And I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, just from watching him from the sidelines, he looks like that that kind of player where it gets to him. It, you know, he's, he he wants to do that bit more to just just get his name on the score sheet.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of his um, best assets as a player, his, his his commitment and passion. He clearly, if you didn't know him from Adam, he loves football. Um and and I think to say that, like you say, he's not quite banged one in. You know, he would have wanted to. He's still, he's still digging away, chipping away, trying to win the ball back. Um, a lot of people go under when it's not going the way, and they get subbed at sixty minutes or whatever, and you know they start sulking. He's, he's a talent. He's a proper talent.
0: He's got yeah. So he's got it uh, all going on with his play, and he's got it properly upstairs as well, which is yeah, you know, which is what as you would know, Matt, better than anybody, is what Jim McGannon will be looking for in a player. You know, he'd definitely be looking for that. So, talking of, of you know, what Jim's looking for, Dover on Saturday, do you see any changes to the team, either of you? Do you think, because Jim's still, as you said, Matt, you know, he's always going to pick the best side for the, ga- for the game that he's got ahead of him, but he has got a lot of players still that he needs to blood and find stuff out about. Do you think he goes for a kind of keep it solid and then, working through his subs to kind of find more out about people? That kind of approach? Um,
1: in my opinion, I think the game finished so encouragingly for for, for the gaffer and, and the side that he wouldn't have any real reason to change um, unless he sees a chink in their armour that he can exploit. Um, it is early days, but at the end of the day, it's difficult to change a winning team. Um, you know, n- not there's not just um, the... the, the the, you know, we talk about the goals and they obviously play a massive part, they win the game, but if you think about Ben Inchcliffe's save, on, four, I think it's 41 minutes, that, you know, that, would, that would stand up in any, any division across the world, that save. Those are equally important. So I think everybody's a sort of a cog in the wheel and I think it's the gaffer's job and he's an expert at it to pick the, the best 11 that go and win the game and I, I personally don't think he'll change it. Maybe, p- maybe p- one p- change.
2: The only change does Adam Thomas force himself into the into the I oh, was
1: about to say that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe one change. How can you not play him?
2: Yeah, he, he got man of the match. He, he got he, interesting. I like Adam. He's a lovely lad. I think he, I think he's a really good footballer. I think he's quite underappreciated, but over the years, I think his, his stature has grown. But should you get man of the match for, for one goal? Like, I loved it. I love the goal. I don't want to take anything away from him, but some of the lads had really good games, however.
1: Yeah, no, uh, as it, I suppose it depends what value you put on, on, a, on a goal like that. And a winning goal, like we said before, about three points being yeah. the oldest. If that's the value you stick on it, then you
0: can't deny it. Yeah, yeah, you can't deny that goal was equals three points. So, yeah, I'm happy with him being man yeah. of the match, even if you're not, Chris, mostly. <laughs> no, no, no,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> Just posing the question. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So, Chris, we uh, we always used to say, you know, I always just put you on the spot and said, if you were Jim Gannon, what would you do? um would you give adam a spot or would you would you run with it as is
2: um i th- i think i think for 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 consistency's sake unless one of the fullbacks cuz they do so much running those points and it's obviously early days in the season and because of the the weird situation we're in we're not starting in the back end of summer we're starting in the, the beginning of winter um there's a potential that you know one of the lads might have felt a bit tight coming off or you know just maybe a bit rusty so providing that there's none of that then no i think he'll probably stick with what he's got but if he's if he's seen something in training or in the cooldowns or whatever or from the physios report then that's yeah like mike says if there's going to be a change that'll be it i can't foresee any of us
0: interesting these days um see what you think about this matt but football has changed quite a lot you know you would you know, 10, even five years ago, you know, especially at this level, you'd pick your best 11 players and you would put them together and you would trust them as 11 players to do a job. But these days, in terms of tactics, there's far more about patterns. So it's how, you know, players kind of fit in together. Does that, you know, and that's definitely the case at the top level. Does that kind of come into Jim's thinking now or is that, you know, is he thinking about, well, these, I've got these three in this triangle, I've got that and I want to move it to there. Does that come into play as well?
1: Yeah, one one thousand percent. I can't begin to tell you the the depth that he went into to prepare for a Saturday game um, during the week leading up to that. We would spend pretty much all morning and early afternoon Saturday working on things that not not things that are going to exert you. You know, you you've, you've got more than enough energy for the game. But the other side of it, the mental side, that the preparation. Um, he would have the first eleven playing against the the reserves and maybe one or two of the youth team who are replicating whoever you're playing the next day. So. We'd be doing set plays. We'd be preparing all around the board. We'd have a meeting that morning that would probably last forty-five minutes, and within his thinking, he would he would try to think who who complements who. So maybe I've got a ball winner in the middle of the park with the with somebody who's going to break up play. Maybe I've got a, a big striker who's going to sort of make things spill to a, a more creative player in, in the number ten position. So it, it, that's exactly what the gas is about. Um, his attention to the deal. because he's not always worked with the biggest budgets in the world. Um, it 's about getting the most out of the squad he 's got um
0: and uh utilizing everything yeah that makes complete sense so um and then chris tuesday it 's uh wheelstone and uh, they 're a very famous fan <laughs> yeah it's
2: it's crazy we were 're speaking with John Kieran after the game on uh, on tuesday, and you were say the one reason you 'd usually go to Wheelstone. You can't. Well, you can't for this time because there's no fans allowed in. So this, you've got no fans. Business. Well, neither of you at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no one has. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. I think. It, yeah. Look, it's 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 a it's a pain in the in the backside for for clubs who have got to do even if you're full time. I know this conversation came up with a part time status, but when you're doing so much travelling, think of the games we've got to cram into this amount of time now. Maybe that'll you know be on Jim's mind when he's. Talking about team rotation, squad rotation, whatever. We've got Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and on top of that, it's more often than not, it's really long trip back home, really long trip back home, really long trip back home. So there's there's going to be some fatigue in that, I'm sure. And that, if for no other reason, I think we'll probably see a bit of squad rotation, definitely for Wheelstone, if not for uh, if not for Dover.
0: Well, that's an interesting point as well. That you know, with the you know the money they've got behind them now, County those long thing, those long trips, actually, you know, you can deal with them a bit better as well. You can get better coaches. You can stay over more often. You can ha- actually have better trips. And that's going to, as you say, there's so many trips um, to every end of the country in this league now and in tight space. So, county are, are well-placed to deal with that as well.
2: Is the, uh, is the away games, Matthew, when, you, when you're a professional player, other than actually scoring and being on the pitch and whatever else, is the is that one of the best things about being a footballer? The away trips, getting on the bus, getting in the hotel, yeah. stories you can't tell us. Stories,
0: yeah, is yeah. That yeah. I'll chat
1: to you later about it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, no, um, yeah, it is, it is. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, chilling with the lads on the coach, uh, maybe a little card school, um, having a good laugh. It depends on the on the length of the the away trip. Really, um, you get to do a bit of everything with the talkies and the the plymouths and the salisbury's you know that are six hours away in traffic and stuff so yeah it is good it's good Last the hotels to be honest everything's professional though um yeah i mean it's one of those things it's all prep really you don't get to sightsee. you don't get to do anything it's just literally get there have yeah. your evening have your evening meal you might meet up for a meeting um wake up have your breakfast again another meeting and then bang you're off to the you're off to the ground and you come straight home from the ground so the banter's there, everything's flowing, you know, a little bit of room-to-room banter. You know, me and, uh, me, and, me and me and Paul Turnbull were very guilty of that back in the day. We were the, <laughs> we were the ones doing this and that. But, um, yeah, on the whole, it is good, but it's all very professional.
0: I went to see a guy called Willie Vlorton, who's a musician and a writer, and he was, he was talking about how... It, he stopped being in the band to write for a few years and then he got back in the band and he said the thing he really missed, he said he enjoyed playing live. It was great because they were dead professional, but the thing he really missed, what he wanted to do was get back in the van. He just loved being in the van with the band (laughs) because they'd become, and that's the thing that he really missed. So it's the same thing, isn't it? You're doing your job on the, on the pitch and then you're with your friends kind of when you're traveling. So, yeah, I can imagine it.
1: that is tough when it when it all ends and it's all in memory. That that is tough. They're the things I miss about football as well as obviously the the on the pitch stuff. But it's that team team spirit thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that stuff that they tell you, you know, enjoy it now because you, you know you can't get it back, and you, yeah, that must be a, a an amazing feeling. Exactly in both ways. Um, so we have to finish the show every week. We've got a thing that Chris has named "Broken News," which means that it's news that's well broken. It's crazy. So it's been well it's been well discussed but um we, we're talking about the fact that um a lot of um things are happening now you know people can go to you know distanced um hospitality things they can go to in some places they can go to the pitches in some places they've had special gigs and stuff but there's no sign of football supporters <laughs> going back and obviously the fact that you know we alluded to it a couple of times tonight the fact that f- fans aren't back in the stadium is having quite an effect on the game. Um, Chris has got very strong feelings about it. Um, and one, But one of the things that it struck me is that, and this you know, is another big part, part of the news in football, that obviously there are so many goals in the Premier League. And my theory is that one of the reasons for that is that, is that fans aren't there. And I wonder how you feel about that, Matt, because I've not obviously played at a very high level. Or any level whatsoever, um, but that I think the fact that the crowd isn't there and you were talking about the, playing to the cheater end takes away five ten percent of concentration and kind of you know put putting pressure on you that really helps during the game. Would you Would you agree with that? Would you think that's that's why the defending's been so bad? I definitely think
1: it's played a part. Um, I mean, we had so many goals, especially in the Premier League last week. That you know we had we had a, we had a season's worth. Um, it's one of those things. I think it's a combination of what you've just said. I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's it's a combination of a lapse of concentration at times. It did get a bit ragged, especially in the Liverpool Villa game. Teams were breaking on each other at both ends. It doesn't really happen in the Premier League. The Premier League's known for being watertight. Um I think the other thing that I've thought, particularly since we came back after lockdown, I've watched games. I think my first my first opinion on it on it was players start at the particular start in these friendlies players started to go down injured after 65 70 minutes with fluke injuries and i was thinking at the time it's obviously been out so many months five six months they're not fit um i think they may have carried a little bit of that over and you know i think i think it will tighten up that's my opinion um it, getting back to the fans and the crowd i know firsthand what having that home advantage does i also know firsthand what going to an away ground does because you go to Let's say, Tramier Rovers, prime example, like a, a bit of a North West derby, Stockport v Tramier back in the day. You'd be riding the storm for the first 20 minutes, you know, the crowd would be roaring, you'd be defending for your lives, throwing your bodies at, at shots and blocks, and you'd just be happy to get out of that first 20 minutes, nil-nil, and then try and nick a point. That's not there anymore, or at least not at the moment. So I think the games are a lot, lot more level now. I think home and away is almost gone. Um and, and we all know what sort of psychological edge that, that has for teams. If you go a goal down early on in an away game, the chances are you're going to crumble and go two or three down before half-time. Um, that's not there. So we are getting high-scoring matches.
0: What do you think, think about getting the crowd back, Chris?
2: Well, we'll come to that in a moment, it's, it's quite an interesting point that you were saying there about players getting injuries after 60, 70 minutes or something. May, I mean, again, might be completely wrong. The highest I've played is a, a Power League. But, um, Martin, for a start, you shouldn't put your career down. He's played, he's played at Wembley against, was it Roy Hodgson? Yeah. yeah,
0: well, well twice I, I played I, I've played at Wembley. Not, I've not played at Wembley, Martin, so... <laughs> yeah, well, they, were both chari- they, they were both charity matches. I worked on Euro 96 and there was a staff match at the end, so I played for the FA against UEFA and yeah, Roy Hodgson was playing on the other side and... John Gorman. John Gorman said to me, "You're a good player, lad. You're a good player." After I'd given <laughs> away two penalties, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've definitely well,
1: um, done that.
2: But you, I mean, you talk. What one, one thing the fans bring to the game, and you just talk, touched on it there with the with the, the idea of county tramming, And I know not every game is going to drive that level of, uh, of of ferocity from the stand and whatever, but. I imagine I played gigs that are fairly big. I played, you know, to big crowds and stuff in concert, and you do get a certain amount of adrenaline. Yeah. Where if if you play playing and you've got this buzz of playing in front of 60,000, whatever you're used to doing in front of at the Premier League, that that rush, if you've got a little knock, you tend not to feel it. Yeah, you tend not to like. Do you know what I mean? Maybe maybe you don't get. You, you feel it the next day, maybe later that night. But if it's yeah. a little knock or a twist, you, you might not. Pick up on it because the adrenaline is just flowing. You just want to get the ball. You want to win, it, especially if you're in the middle of a blood and thunder battle with your opposite number. Do you know what I mean? You, whereas, no fans. It's uh, maybe that's maybe that's why the injuries are, are more. I don't know. I'm sure there'd be more qualified people than me to say so, but it's got to be a theory.
0: It's an interesting point about the injuries, and I hadn't really picked up on it. But as you say, it's much shorter pre-season, and you've come, you know, off the back of a quite, you know, hard season. Anyway, mm. so it it, it, may, it does stand to reason that players aren't aren't fully fit yet. Anyway, so um yeah, that that makes complete sense. But what do you, what do you think about getting fans back in the stadium, Chris?
2: I mean, right from a from a from a passion perspective, imagine Adam Thomas scores that goal, first home game of the season. Imagine if the Cheelands full. I mean, it comes off, doesn't it? It literally lifts off, especially with um, with everything that's going on with the club, with the investment stuff. Now, obviously, that on its own is not a reason to say, we'll let everybody back in then. If, if you would have had a great time, just open the doors. It's fine. You get the messaging that, you know, cinemas are open. You get the messaging that you can still go to bars and, all right, it might be changing the next few weeks, but for the last few weeks, you've been able to go to restaurants, sit inside with six other people or whatever it is. Massive open-end stadium, like, like the Cheetah Lent, like Anfield, like pick any stadium in between. Come on! Like, yeah. if if you can do these things in a cinema, why can you not do it? it just it just baffles me. I don't I don't understand why that why that that rule is in place.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get the, you know, it it is the open air, so you know, it would it wouldn't work in every ground. You know, at certain tight grounds that are, you know, that are, that are well covered, you'd have to be very careful, and I think you you probably still would have to socially distanced so if you if it's a socially distanced crowd do you have do you have the same passion does it end up just being a kind of funny version of of what you had before
2: yeah there's also the financial aspects i mean it doesn't doesn't affect us but there's clubs in our division that they're going to rely on that and i think i don't know there, there will be a lot of people as we've seen with the county youtube streams and everything else there'll be a lot of literally thousands of people that will buy that stream but i'd put good money down that there'll be also a, a a good chunk of people who I'm not going to watch it on YouTube. I'm not you know, I'm not going to sit at the computer for two hours, and I'd rather go out and do something else with the family or or whatever. And um, I don't know. I think it's something they've got to look at. They, they have to address it. Um, clubs are going to need that that money coming in at some point, and um, and at the same time, I think the game just needs it, it especially if you're allowing it in in other industries.
0: Well, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to get to quite a serious situation, isn't it? If, if clubs don't start, especially at this level, you know, start making making some money very soon. Yeah, yeah. it's a tough one. Um, going back to Liverpool, <laughs> as a Liverpool fan, <laughs> um, I think Villa, <clears throat> controversial opinion to finish with. I think Villa actually did us a favour by scoring seven. Because if, if it had been like four and off, because everyone's thinking, oh, that's bizarre. That's just crazy. This is just a crazy thing and a crazy season. If they'd, like, comprehensively beaten us 4-0, that would have been more, I think, of, a, of a, an actual, you know, people would have said, blimey, you know, they've, you know, Liverpool are terrible. They've, and we were terrible, absolutely terrible. But, uh, and interesting what you're saying about, you know, um, cutting in. That's exactly what they did. They realised they that there's a chance that you can do that with uh, Gomez and Alexander-Arnold and it worked absolutely perfectly for them. Absolutely perfectly. So, but I think they um, my controversial opinion is they would have been better off beating us 4 <laughs> <laughs>
2: 0. you as a Liverpool fan, how'd you feel that Everton are uh top
0: <laughs> Chris <laughs> knows that the Everton word is always gonna I just <laughs> I still can't believe that they have got Carlo Ancelotti and United haven't. I can't believe that United didn't go all out to get him when he was available. He is because of him, they actually and you know. And because of what we're saying about the crowd and who knows, I think this could be a crazy season and Everton could quite feasibly do a Leicester. I think they've they haven't got squad depth that, that could trouble them. But in this kind of season, you know, when everybody's struggling, you know, they 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 could they could it'll you know <laughs> absolutely be terrible, but they I think they've they've got a quite a good chance of you know, Rodriguez isn't gonna stay stay that fit. Um, you know, but you know. They do have a fantastic manager, and he, they are a team to be reckoned with now. And it galls me to say that. <laughs> what do you think about that, Matt? Um, Not necessarily about Everton, but about the fact that it could be a crazy season where, where you know, any of like eight teams could win it.
1: Yeah, the the, the crazier the better. I'm generally speaking, where I'm from, um, Salford, most I'd say ninety five percent of people here are Man United fans. And I've grown up a Man United fan, but I'm not a. I'm not a die. I'm a football lover in general, and I think I, I support County. I support. I you know I keep an eye out for other clubs that I've played for. Um, the more sort of high flies in the Premier League, the better. You know, I, I, I live for the Premier League as well. So the better Everton are, the more interesting it is at the end of this. Or come the back end of the season, um, you're looking strong this year. I think. I think it's more of a case. He's a fantastic manager, Ancelotti. But I think it's also more of a case of more more of your top players um, coming into their own, like Dominic Calvert-Lewin. You know, sort of maturing as as a young man now. And he had he had the full package anyway. We all knew that. It's just a case of him stringing together some momentum and consistency. Now he's now he's an England player, Um, and if he carries on, you know, I think you'll struggle to hold on to him. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: and those um, Liverpool Everton derby, crowd or no crowd, that's going to be very, very interesting. And we've we've got one coming up, haven't we? So we have, yeah. yeah. Next game yeah. It's going to be wicked, yeah.
0: I'm worried. That's going to completely
2: determine Martin's mood in the next. <laughs> in the next show. He's either going to come on buzzing or he's going to come on with a face like thunder. Yeah. <laughs> on, on the on the Ancelotti uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin thing, I thought it was quite interesting. Did any of you see the um, the interview after Calvert Lewin got one of his hat tricks? Um, on match of the day, Ancelotti probably said the same thing on Sky as well. He's he went into a bit a little bit like Jim Gannon does, rather than just giving the stock interview of played well, Dom, Dom's done well, but the whole team's done a job, blah, blah, blah. He's actually come out and said how he's been working with Dominic and how he wants him to start scoring with with one touch. So if you look at the majority of his goals, they come with just one touch. He's not taken a touch, t- knocked it around a man, done whatever. It's all so the midfield obviously play a huge role in that thought it was quite odd that a manager... I mean, we know Jim. I, I, to be honest, I don't think Jim is like most managers, which is why you can get this level of conversation from him. But it surprised me a little bit to see a top-level manager come out and give such detail.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I think that's what... You've hit the nail on the head with the word detail. Again, going back to Jim and how Jim used to run things when I was there and how he runs things now, um, it's, it's no surprise his it, success follows that. Um, that was one of the, the main attributes as a manager. I, I personally, at the time, I remember when I signed for Stockport from Preston and a couple of weeks in, I thought this is the real deal. Eh? You know, these are going places and I'm going places with them there. Eh? I remember thinking the gaffer in charge, I didn't know him too well then, but he signed me and I remember thinking he, he could do this job anywhere in the country. You know, um, any, any coaching staff would be happy to take him. The way he does things, and I think it's the same with Ancelotti. I think it's attention to detail. I think they always want more. You know, effectively there, you, you, Dominic Calvert-Lewin keeps his form up, keeps stringing goals together. It won't, it won't be long for you. I mean, this might sound a bit, bit much in the moment, but it won't be long before your Real Madrids are looking at him, and look, at, you know, because your top English striker at his age, with his style of play in a good side like Everton, they'll look, they'll be looking to cherry pick. So I think it's that attention to detail to push him right on. You know.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, I, you know, I would say you could tell he's a good player because United tried to sign him, but I think they were trying to sign anybody who had two legs. Did you get a yeah. call, Matt, last week from United? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Turned him down, yeah, turn him yeah, down. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Not having it. Yeah. You could never hold your head up again. No,
1: my re- reputation. No, exactly. <laughs> my reputation at the moment, yeah.
0: Well, I think that's a good good place to, uh, to finish with... Uh, had a really good night. I think great to speak to you, Matt. And we'll have you on again soon. And thanks so um, for having me on. Yeah, and we've got another. We'll have another fascinating guest, another guest co-host next week, Chris.
2: Yeah, looking forward to it, Matt. It's been a pleasure, Martin. I've enjoyed uh, I've enjoyed name dropping Everton more than <laughs> more than we usually do.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're only allowed a certain amount, mate. <laughs> That's it from Stockport it's... County Live this week. Thanks.